Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast. We've landed in Johannesburg for the third and deciding T20 International, which is played at Centurion from 12.30 UK time, 2.30 local time, and I'm with Alex Tudor and Gareth Batty to discuss, well, the first two T20 Internationals and what we can expect in the third game. First of all, Bats, um, they've been very close and they've been really good entertainment. Oh, they have. They've been magnificent games of cricket. Um, We expected England to blow South Africa away. Uh, with the names they have in their ranks and that, uh, you know, Owen Morgan said his stall out to say that uh, England were not playing um, playing games anymore. It was about picking their best team and they were going to put the front foot forward. Uh, and South Africa have shown under Mark Boucher and under Quinton de Kock, the new captain, how they are going to fight tooth and, tooth and nail and, and, and give England a real contest. And uh, England shouldn't have lost the first one. It shouldn't have been quite as close to the second one. Uh, so there is work to be done definitely from England. The one thing I would say, I think South Africa are playing at their best. I don't see them getting any better than what they are right now. England have probably got another 15% where they can get better. So that's the positive for England. But it's getting the areas and getting the right personnel um, lined up properly so that England do go into this 2020 World Cup um, in seven or eight months' time uh, with their best, best eleven. This is a question for both of you, but I'll start with you, Tudes. Owen Morgan said before the series began that he wants really hard, closely contested games. And then he said after the first game, which England lost, of course, by one run, that he wants more games like that. And I can understand that, but it does seem slightly counterintuitive because, after all, what's wrong with just blowing the opposition away and winning easily? Yeah, I think he, he just wants to see certain individuals within the setup um, put under real pressure. Um, because I think that will happen in the World Cup. You're, you know, you're playing against the world's best. You know, Australia, Pakistan, India, and there will be games where we're very close. And so I think he wants to see players playing under that sort of pressure, be it up top with the bat, middle order that we're trying to figure out, and also up, you know, with the bowling. You know, the new ball. We haven't quite nailed the new ball at the moment. Obviously, you're bowling against a fine player in Quinton de Kock, who will take any bowling attack apart, and then. 
Bavuma, I've been really impressed um, since the one day as I think he's played at, as Bats was saying, you know, at, at his best, really, he's played really, really well. Um, and they and they fought for Quinton de Kock um, and they've played well. And as you say, Dave, uh, as a team, they, they look like a good outfit. So, Bats, was Morgan Moore saying, I've got questions about certain individuals, certain players, and I'd like to have them answered by them being un- put under pressure? Yeah, I think he was, he was basically saying, look, our ODI team are magnificent. We have all bases covered and we have people sat on the bench coming in that can cover those bases as and when required. Our 2020 team is not mapped out. The DNA of how the side operates is not uh, sorted at the minute. It is not nailed down and, and that is what he's trying to discover. And he wants to, he understands people's skill sets, but he wants to see them in a pressure environment to see whether they can carry out their skills when they're at the highest level of pressure, because that is what we're talking about when we're talking about a World Cup. At what point, and is there a definable point that Morgan or the selectors say the Joss Butler opening thing isn't working? I, I think we're probably a bit too early to make that decision. Um, purely because you can easily revert back to Joss batting in that middle order. We know that he's arguably the best in the world. But you understand the theory of if you've got your best player, you want him to face as many balls as possible. And if, if he can work out a method of opening innings and batting through to 16, 17, 18 overs, wow, we've, we're going to get 200 pretty much every single game. Which is what England did with the ODI stuff. They said we have to get 300 every game. This is how we're going to play. And if we fall on our face doing that, so be it. We have to play how the best are going to play. Um, so that for me is a, it's just an opinion. There is no right or wrong. There's a wrong when you don't have a guy or two guys that can't fulfil that role now, batting in the middle for England. We saw Moeen Ali do it pretty well. Now give him the next 10 games to work out his method in that so he gets consistent. And he said by his own admission, if you do that three or four times out of 10, you're a pretty good player. If we can get Moeen doing that five out of 10, wow, we turn into a wonderful team. The spinners are covered off. The fastball was Joffre Archer was covered off. Without him, we lose some real force. One on holding the scoring rate, but two on taking the wickets. Every other bowling position for me is up for grabs. I really do believe that. I think somebody can come in and, and take those slots. Um, uh, Chris Jordan has been around the T20 team for a period of time now and been the sort of shoe in to play. But the numbers don't add up that he is one of the elite in the world bowling at the death. We all say that he is, but actually I think it's 95 uh, I think the, the, the economy you're meant to have at the death, and he's about 9.8. So he's, he's not the shoe-in that we think he is. Um, England have some issues. Well, he was my man of the match, Jude, uh, Chris Jordan. Uh, he bowled two overs right at the back end, which cost five runs each. He bowled Yorkers. It looked like good old-fashioned death bowling. And, you know, I, I mean, he just seems to be the, the man when he's... Well, is he the man? Yeah, I think, I think he's a... You know, he's, especially as Gareth was saying in T20, I think for me he's a shoe in. I just think his skills at that level are very, very good. More often than not, he nails it. A couple of times you're going to get caught as a bowler bowling at the death, and depending on the individual you're bowling at. And obviously, there was a stat that came up that um, amongst the elite of death bowlers, I think Wahab Riaz was at the top with 7.65. and and then you had Rashid Khan and types like that. I mean, listen, that, it's still a good list to be in. And I think it depends on the score as well. Sometimes you can look at numbers, and I know T20 is a lot about numbers, but also it's about the situation of the game, and you've got to be able to adapt. And I think he's, he's doing that extremely well. He obviously he gives you the brilliance in the field. And as he showed last night, all right, yes, he struck one for six, 
and then he got caught out fantastic catch by Bavuma at long off diving to his left fantastic catch but he has that ability to do that also so for me I think it will be him Joffre if he's fit Mark Wood's obviously another option and then you've got the spin twins I mean they're phenomenal and when Mo's asked to bowl at top in the power play I mean it's a brave man to do it but he fronts up every time and you know he's only going to get better and like Gareth says I think if we allow him with six seven overs to come in and do what he does get himself in for about five to ten balls and then he's able to express himself like he did last night. That 39 off 11 is the best 39 I've ever seen. Just a clean strike in the elegance of it, the ease of it. He's not a big man. But man, does he time a cricket ball. And uh, Gareth likened it to a little bit of Yuvraj Singh from India. And I think he has that ability. And, um, you know, there's still a few... You know, Tom Curran did really well with your role yesterday. But, you know, he's not a shoe-in. You know, there's still like Pat Brown from Worcester and, and guys like that who can come into this team and give him the opportunity and... And, and make that World Cup squad for sure. So what do England do about Quinton de Kock, Gareth? Um, when you have a player like that, and there aren't very many of them around the world, would, <laughs> apart from crossing your fingers and hoping for the best, but do you, I mean, what do you do? Just go with certain plans and, 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 if, it, and if it's his day again, then you just accept it? Yeah, I think you've got, you've, you've got to at least make him hit you where you want to be hit and if he keeps whacking it over the field there's not a lot you can do sometimes uh, you know the game uh, and particularly 2020 it's a it's pretty cutthroat it's a pretty uh, pretty tough place to be so all you can ask the bowlers to do is execute what you're saying and if a guy is good enough to take that ball down you've got to put your hands up and I think that is what Owen Morgan is saying when he talks about putting the boys under pressure and playing these close games because then you see where the guys have clarity of thought, clarity of getting their execution right and all these things that really do matter in 2020, more than any other form of the game. So he's wanting a character as well as a skill set because that is what is required when the best of the best are going well. Um, can they hold their nerve and keep doing the right things? Because he said it himself on interview last night. There's not a lot you can do other than just keep doing the good things well because it's so high risk, even for the grits, it's so high risk to keep banging these balls out of the ground. They're going to make a mistake. They have to make a mistake. Human beings make mistakes. So uh, it looks to me as though they have a plan against offspin. Could you change it up? And if Joe Denley does play, which sounds like he is, could you go leg spin for an over? It's fraught with danger because he's spinning it into the left-hander, but it's a spin option and it's different. Or do you go the other way and you say, right, OK, Woody got him out yesterday uh, with a low full toss, bowling quick. Is it the extra pace that he's, is he's down for? I would suggest not, but you could, you could toss up a different view. Long and short of it, he's a very fine player and you have to stick with your guns of how you believe you're going to best serve get him out. So, Chidge, uh, looking ahead to um, the, the deciding game. So, Josh Butler goes in again, makes 80 off 35 balls. Moen Ali gets promoted up to 5 or 6, makes another 39 off 11. And all the pieces of the jigsaw are slotted into place perfectly. Yeah, and that's what happens. That's the it's those little one percenters, isn't it? I mean, we, we can talk to a blue in the face if Josh goes out tomorrow and, and scores another 100 and be the second only player in T20 for England to do so. Everyone will say, well, that's his position. But I just think... Sometimes you've got to think about the end game and I just think we have players that are able to do that. And like Gareth says, I keep going reverting back to Gareth because he sort of first came up with it. You know, he's that 360 player and he's able to still hit good balls to the boundary. And I don't know in our lower order if we still have guys doing that. And I even put um, Ben Stokes now. I think he's still trying to figure out his, 20, his T20 stats are not up to, say, his ODI and his test match. I think he's still trying to figure out. It was good that 
he was there to the end and he got his 45 off 28, 29 balls yesterday. Um, but I just think in a World Cup, I think for me, Joss is going to be best suited batting slightly deeper um, because he is that 360 player and there's going to be situations when it's going to be close and you're going to need someone to do that. And, you know, the opposition, what would the opposition prefer? Would they prefer their new ball bowlers bowling and trying to get him out quickly or when he strolls in, you know, only two down or whatever with 10 overs to go? It's going to be, you know, I think most bowlers around the world will be panicking. Final word to you then, Pat. It's not like all the pieces of the jigsaw are scattered all over the dining room table, is it? I mean, this, you know, this is a jigsaw puzzle that's largely made. It is. It, uh, for me, it's about breaking the 20 overs down into, into three parts. You've got the top of the innings, the middle and the death. There isn't a lot of time uh, to be changing your thought process during those times. So you have to get the people who are going to perform in those areas performing in those areas. So a batting order is kind of nonsense. If you're opening partnership back to the seventh or eighth over, then actually the guy that you want to be batting in the middle over should be going in. And if he's down on the card as batting at five, he doesn't. He bats at three. South Africa did that yesterday. That's the first time I've seen it done for a long time in international cricket. Quinton de Kock has played a lot of IPL. Mark Boucher is a young, vibrant coach who is looking to change the face of the game. If you just go at what he's been the best at the minute, in six months' time, somebody's overtaken it. Somebody will beat that. Somebody will always take over the best. Records will always be broken. England at the minute are looking and searching for things that maybe are just getting a bit too funky. I think just break it down into the three periods. We need good bowlers up the top of the order. We need good finishers. We need the spinners in the middle. We need good batters up the top. We've got about seven or eight all playing in one team yesterday. There ain't, as, there ain't that many in the middle and there certainly ain't very many at the death. So it's, a, it's about trying to mix everything up so that you've got three, three and three and then you've got a couple of guys who are your tax-free go between each little bit that is very pleasant. Um, England have the tools in their bag it's just about getting them into into order to say right this is where we're going to back you in these periods of the game we're not going to be old school and put numbers on everything the numbers we are going to put on it are the overs in which the 20 overs of the game are panning out and these are going to be your sections of the game because you can affect the game in a positive way for our team so very quickly um, England 2-1 then you're, you're going stronger stronger squad greater depth England smash them tomorrow I think they could win by 50 Jude, <laughs> you? Be slightly closer for me. I think South Africa has shown a lot. As Gareth says, England still have um, a little bit, few more percent in the tank, but I, I think it'll be a close game. I, I think Quinton likes playing against England. Bavuma's looking good, and um, Pretorius, who you said is a good struggler, but listen, he's doing what me and Gareth are saying. Like at a low roll, he can come in and tank the ball for six. So, you know, pressure will be on. I think it'll be a great game. and you know, hopefully everyone will be listening and talk sport too tomorrow and everyone in attendance tomorrow at Centurion. I think I'll see a hell of a game. Me, I'm going South Africa have uh, played at their max and I think that, uh, that England will be too strong for them in Game 3. Anyway, thank you very much to Alex Tudor and Gareth Baddy and thank you for listening to the following on podcast. I'm Neil Manthorpe. We'll be back tomorrow on TalkSport 2 with live commentary. But uh, don't forget you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Acast and Spotify. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. 
Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 